Ministries podcast. You're listening to the B side. Let's get this record spinning. I'm Carl, joined by Brother Bob. How's it going? Texas Ron. Oh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Hello. Coffee Mike. Hello. And as always, I'm co hosted by that voice, Mike. How y'all doing? I just got to drop it down there and say something like that. I'm going to do things a little bit different this week before I open it up to you guys, if you guys have any stories or anything like that. But this time I'm going to I'm gonna read our scripture reference now, and we can just kind of talk about that as we go, kind of fold that into the conversation. We don't have a lot this time, but I think it's pretty deep. And it's actually a line from the book of Judges, and it's repeated twice. It's, it's in chapter 17, verse 6. And it's also in Judges chapter 21, verse 25, the very last verse. And it says, In those days Israel had no king, for everyone did what in their own heart seemed right. Pretty simple, pretty short, pretty deep. Pretty dangerous. Pretty dangerous. (laughs) I mean, that's just a... I don't know. Crap, I do that every day. (sighs) Yeah. I don't know if there is a most more accurate summarization of an entire book as it's that one. Oh man. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, I mean, cause you go through judges and every time and um, we'd done a study on it. And I, I remember one of the biggest things was I had learned was, man, this wasn't even necessarily over generational. Like there was families that knew what had happened and they, you know, and, and they still, as soon as they didn't have a judge they were, you know, mm-hmm. a ruler, then they were like, just going crazy. They just lost their minds. It's like a moral every time, like a moral pendulum. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was just like, really? Like it, it, it just took that. It just took this ruler that, you know, and sometimes the ruler wasn't, you know, they weren't even, the judge wasn't even that active, but they still, as soon as they had it in place, it was like, okay, somebody's watching. Oh, uh Oh, as soon as they were gone, total moral depravity. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what struck me as I read that line, that verse in scripture was they had no king, but yes, they did. They chose not to follow right. the true king. Mm-hmm. And they had these judges, and most of the time they were there for military and uh, you know, governing reasons. But yep. they felt they needed someone on earth. To follow when they actually had what they needed to follow above them which is our heavenly father yep absolutely that's what struck me as i read through judges today mm-hmm. well, i've never been through judges so i'm lost <laughs> i don't have a clue what the book of judges is about so you you just said it judges do you want to summarize it carl or i can't for this is this is going to be hard for me to even I it's guess, kind of phantom because i've i've always heard judges is a bad i mean 
a lot of bad stuff going on in judges. I mean, bad stuff That's does. That's all I know. But bad stuff happens. But it's a fascinating read. It's the it's the period between the death of Joshua and the rise of David as king. Mm-hmm. And there's there's generations there where they just go back and forth and they're and in following the Most High, right? So so they'll they'll slide into sin and and defiance and idolatry, and then consequence comes. And then when the consequence comes, they cry out to the Most High, then He rescues them through what's called a judge, somebody like a Samson or a Gideon. And then the people return to the Most High, and like Mike's, Mike said, they, they pendulum shift right back in the other direction again and slide into idolatry over and over and over again. This happens. That thing it is. So they use that get-out-of-free card oh, yeah. way too many times. Absolutely yeah. right, yeah. And, and, and he, some of the people had lived through it twice, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because it, typically it was about whatever 40 years that they've done something yeah there were some where they had some that were longer yeah you know to where you're like uh, when you think about it in in, in hindsight obviously hindsight you're yeah. uh <laughs> throwback to his side you're like you can see it because it's maybe maybe there wasn't it wasn't generational as far as like maybe grandma and grandpa were there but then mom and dad didn't pick up on it and they didn't hear the stories so they had been lost over the time but then it gets to a point to where it was it was like these people, some of these people had already experienced the in between the judge and and how everything went to heck in a handbasket, if you will. Um, so it, it's like a, it's it's like they talk about you know you do doing the right thing is doing the right thing when nobody's watching, and it was like as soon as somebody wasn't watching, everything was good to go. Mm-hmm. But isn't that the lesson of judges for us? Oh yeah. What? Not, not only that. What amazes me about judges is God's grace. Oh my goodness! Well, again, look at abounding. Look at look at back at our lives. Oh, exactly the same you thing. Know? I mean, because I mean, you're talking about this time, and and excuse me again, we're talking about it wasn't even generations of families, and they were going back into this. But how many times, just in our lifetime? Mm-hmm. But how many Not times? Even talking about mom and dad's lifetime, grandma and grandpa's lifetime, just ours. But how many times did God step in with His grace and love? Yeah. Yeah. He did, but there was also the severity of His holiness and the consequences there for their is. sin, and the we correction. can't ignore that. Yeah, right. um, and that's kind of one of the things too that's so striking for now is like we just expect we just expect that it's not going to be there. Yeah, so we just expect that you know every time we turn around, we know He's going to be there because He's told us He's going to be. Yeah, but we're still like. Wait, what about now? What That's about funny now? how you said earlier, when nobody's watching, something happens. But the thing is, there's somebody always watching. Right. Yeah, he's always there. Now, he sees everything. Yeah. That's the point you I was trying to make like, about having a king already. Like yeah. us, like if you all turn your back and I just like made a funny face at you, ain't nobody going to see it. But he still sees it. Right. And it was like. And he knows. And it was like they, a lot of the people seem like they totally forgot that somehow. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way. Well, here's the scary thing. I, I mentioned that lines in Judges twice. <clears throat> and the first time is in chapter 17, and that's recounting about a guy named Micah. And he was an idol worshiper. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to briefly summarize the chapter because we had gone over it in a Digging Deeper that I recently published, but I know those are kind of long, so a lot of people probably don't listen to those. But just, just briefly summarizing, he made an idol. But the scary thing was that it's not like he forgot who Yahweh was. It's not like he forgot who the Eternal Father was. He actually believed that he was honoring Yahweh, the Almighty, 
through his idolatrous worship practice. Mm -hmm. Because it says at the end that, that this Levite comes and he sets up this Levite as a priest for the shrine, this pagan shrine that Micah had made. And at the end of the chapter, Micah says, now I know that Yahweh will prosper me, seeing I have a Levite as a priest. So not only did he believe that his, his idolatry was okay, syncretizing that idolatry and his worship of the Most High was okay, he, he viewed the blessing that he thought he was receiving as a green light to continue in his syncretism. To continue in a sin and i think that's the the danger and the lesson for the church today is is the idea that we can mix in paganism we can mix in idolatry we can mix in rebellion and disobedience and as long as we have jesus on our lips as long as we have the father on our lips it's okay right. micah had the father on his lips right but his practices weren't okay and it's not like they didn't know they had the law mm -hmm. they had the ark they had the tabernacle they had teaching priests they were ignoring them yeah. So they were they walking, knew better. They were walking and holding hands with 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 the enemy at the same time. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Which isn't going to work. Trying to talk out of both sides of their mouth. I say, I think it says it really well. Everybody did what in their own heart seemed right. They weren't concerned with what the Eternal Father said was right. Right. They were only concerned with what they felt. They right. they wanted, mm -hmm. they didn't care about the Father's opinion. They wanted to hear their own opinion out of the Father's mouth. Right. Well, they didn't recognize him as king, for one thing. No. You know, they, they was doing they was doing all the individual stuff that whatever was right in their own heart. And they was they was there was whoever whoever it was, they was king over their own life. Kinda like we think we are now. We're king we're supposed to be in America we're supposed to be free. We're supposed to be rulers over our own life. Which own destiny. King of the that is a that is a big smoke screen. Mm-hmm. King of the house. There you go. King of the household. <laughs> but that that's a big smoke screen because we're we are kings over nothing we're <laughs> rulers over nothing i mean you know we're 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 just as much in bondage as these guys was back then oh yeah why yeah because you know for one thing we do the same thing they do we end up we individualize everything we think our way is the right way we think our way is the only way if we and, and if somebody and if somebody uh puts a force on that we push back like nope i'm right you're wrong <laughs> yeah but absolutely that's not good because no, it's not you know for one thing when we push back and we think we're right all the time where's that leave room for god mm -hmm. it does not leave any room for him yep we call we call him a king we don't treat him like one right we don't. We, we treat him like he's just the one that showers prosperity over us. That's it. Mm -hmm. But we don't treat all kings. All good kings have rules. We hate hearing about the rules. Right. We love hearing about all the things he does for us, man. We despise hearing that maybe he's a king that though merciful also has rules for us. We don't like that. And if we if we despise his rules, we might as well be despising him. Exactly. We're not treating him like a king. You know, the thing is, is, you know, we should accept the good king's rules for the simple fact is. If we're living under the bad king rules, it's going to be twice as hard as it is because the good king rules, he's trying to love on you. He's trying to help you. He's trying Teach to make, you. he's trying to make, he's trying to make you right. Mm -hmm. You know, like we talked the other night, you know, Job was righteous, but he wasn't right. Yeah. You can be righteous can in be God's righteous eyes, not and right about everything. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so even though we think we're righteous, are we right? Absolutely not. Yeah.
I'm Here. actually going to read this. I was going to say, no, I'm sorry. I was going to save this to the end because I didn't, I didn't know if you guys would, would pick up on the same thing that they did have a king. But you did. You blew it for me, Mike. Mm -hmm. Mike. Thanks a lot, man. It was going to be this big reveal at the end of the episode. Now I don't know what to do. He's been spoiler alerting everything, ain't he? Might as well just close it out now. We'll just play our song and be out. That's me. Thank you. Big spoiler. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm just joking with you. Thanks, Mike. Should I click my candy in the mic? Yeah, would you? No, yeah. You can leave. Let's take it all the way, right? Yeah. Let's take it all the way over. Yeah. So in the book of Samuel, the people ask for a king. Because they're tired of this. They see the nations around and that they have a human king over them to rule them. And they want that. They desire that. And they ask Samuel to, to appoint a king over them. Samuel doesn't like it because Samuel's heart is fully committed to the Most High. Samuel doesn't just say that Yahweh's king. He treats him like one. He understands that Yahweh is their king. So he hates what they're asking. But in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 7, Yahweh responds to Samuel. And he says, he says this. Listen to the voice of the people in regard to all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. That's what that line's getting at in Judges. Like Mike said, they absolutely had a king. Yeah. But because they were trying to do things their own way, mm -hmm. they weren't treating him like a king, so they may as well have not had a king. Right. And he, Yahweh, says here in Samuel to Samuel that they may as well have just rejected him outright. Yep. He counted that as outright rejection. Yeah. And that's dangerous for us today. If we don't treat him like a king, we don't get a free pass. Jesus didn't come to give us a free pass to rebel mm -hmm. and, and despise him. No. He didn't. No, but it's used. It is. Well, that's, there again, there's some more of the smoke screen that, that is put out there. You know, they're like, oh, you're saved now. Do you have to change? Nope. Because now you're saved, you can go do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. That's a get out of jail free card. That don't work. No, that goes it. back. That goes back to the the which king you want to which king you want to serve under. You want to serve under the world worldly king because that dude's human. He's the exact same as we are. He's just as broke and messed up as we are. That's why we have so many different rules, so many different laws. Because one guy will write a law. And another guy will come in and be like, I don't really like that law. So I'm going to write another one to cover that one to where I can do what I want. Mm -hmm. That's why That's why our libraries are so full of law books that people don't even know what they say. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. There are so many laws out there that they have no understanding. Even lawyers don't have understanding of the law. They just kind of tweak it around to fit, to, the do the, to fit the situation. Yeah. Or do you want to live, like I said, you're going to live under that under that worldly king. First of all, he's going to tax you. He's going to break you. He's going to, he's going to try to get all he can get out of you. And he's going to try to keep you down in the pit. Now, check out the world or check out the, the godly king. What's he do for us? He owns everything. But he gives us everything. He allows us to have what we need. He allows us to live and be happy. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to have shelter. He wants us to be a part of him. Mm -hmm. So which, which one, which one do you want to live under? Right. Right. You know, which King do you want to live under? I don't want to live under that worldly King no more. Mm -mm. I was there at one time. I lived under that worldly King. So did I. 
And, you know, and the thing is, is when I lived under that worldly king, man, I was always trying to find ways, trying to find ways to not have to pay that king mm-hmm. anything. But you know what? Since now that I live under that uh, godly king, I don't care about that worldly king anymore. I don't care about that worldly stuff anymore because what he's got for me is way better than that'll ever be. Oh, absolutely. But let's bring it back to the churches, though. I think that's how we treat him. I think I think very often we approach our heavenly king and try to pay him as little as we can. Yeah. You know, you talked about all the different laws that we have. Do you know how many Christian denominations there are in the world? Mm-hmm. Just in imagine. Just in America alone, there's 200. Yeah. Just in America alone, worldwide, 45,000. And why? Because, because everybody's trying to do what in their own heart seems they right. They mm-hmm. pick them verses and be like, oh, I like that verse. It kind of contends to what I want. You know, I'm going to change it just a little bit to really make it a doctrine for me. Yep, that's exactly right. The The Bible's not super complicated. There, there are complex topics in it, prophetically. But when it comes to the Eternal Father saying, this is how I feel loved. This is how I want to be worshipped. This is how I want you to live your life. This is the pathway to salvation. Super simple. It's super simple. The problem is in our wayward hearts. We don't like the expectation, so we find ways to pay him as little as possible, and that results in 45,000 denominations worldwide. Because we're reliving the judge's paradigm. Right. We don't have a king. We we call Jesus our king. We don't treat him like one, though. So we're reliving the judge's period mm-hmm. just in just with a Christian veneer over it. And we deceive ourselves into, into believing that we're doing better. We point the finger at the Israelites and say, oh, it's silly Hebrews. Yeah. Never, never, never doing what Yahweh tells them to do. We do the same thing. And it's, it's resulting in the same the same output. You know, yeah. And, and there's just as many there's just as many professed Christians that say they're following Jesus all in the same all in the same sentence as they're saying they're following Jesus while they're saying that they're already rejecting him in their their heart. Mm -hmm. That's the scary thing. That's the scary thing, because they're thinking of ways not to have to per se pay him. But we're fooling ourselves and he owns it all anyway. You own nothing, (laughs) nothing. You don't even own the very breath in your own body. Well, you don't even own, it's not even our body, it's his body. Mm -hmm. You know, it all belongs to him. He just allows us to reside in it. He allows us to steward his stuff. So my question is, how good a steward do you want to be? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I pray for that all the time, Bob, to be a good steward of what he's given to me. And it's it's a tough prayer because sometimes I get real convicted on things and, and I'm like, Boy, I didn't do this right over here. But you're asking him to show you where you're messing up, and he's doing it. Anytime you get conviction in your life, that's God's correction for you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, bro. It's his truth. He ain't sorry. <laughs> no, not, not sorry. at all. Uh-huh. Not at all. I'm sitting here thinking about the laws and rules. And before, you know, there was never, before Christ, I had no rules. There's no rules. It was my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just easier that way. Oh, yeah. You know. Nobody had the answer to. But yeah. really, was it easier that way? No, yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> exactly. And that's, yeah. and that's what I was getting at. You know, now that I am, even though the rules are there, and sometimes they're tough, they're nowhere near as tough 
than not having them at all. Right. Yeah. Scraping by, figuring out what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, at least now you have some, you know, yeah, they're, they're still a little tough sometimes, but I mean, it's not constant because there is that relief that he's going to have a way or he's going to show you a way or he's going to bring somebody in your way, mm-hmm. you know, to help. And the, and the assurance of his presence too, that yes, changes right. things completely. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, that you have the idea or the mindset that you can fall back to him, you know, because then before you're all by yourself or you feel like you're by yourself. Yeah. And then when you do go to him, you know, you still got the same rules, but yet same time he's helping you through the rules when he didn't before or didn't feel like. Before. Yeah. And Bob, you know what I will say? It, w- it was easier. It was easier when all I had to do was listen to myself. Uh-huh. I wasn't accountable to anybody. I didn't have to listen to anybody. I didn't have to do anything anybody wanted to, wanted to tell me. Right. Anything like that. When I became accountable to God is when it got hard. It, it, that's true. You know? But even though, it even was, though. It was better. It was better. It was better. It was better, yes. Structure, the rules, the accountability, all of that. But you had to work harder. Oh, yeah. To, to to live under your own rules than you do when you live under Jesus' rules. Absolutely. <laughs> or under God's rules, yeah. however you want to put it. But yeah. still, easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Easy. Yeah. yeah. We, you think it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't have to, because you don't know. You don't know. You don't exactly. Know, you know, what are you, you, have you no doing all of this for? You're the boss. Right. Yeah. You don't even, you know, because again, it's all worldly at that point. It's all about everything you can get from the world. It's not about what happens when you're done. The world going to tell you what you when you're done on exactly. This world. You what know that that kind of that reminds me of a story I heard. Uh, there was this there was a sheriff that had got himself in a little mix with a uh, with a youth kid that he had taken down because the kid was being uh, rebellious. rebellious and brutal in the home. And this guy this guy took the kid down. But nobody within the sheriff's office could investigate the sheriff because he's he was top dog. They absolutely had to bring in another another the highway patrol to be able to investigate what that sheriff done. Because anybody underneath him could not investigate him. Mm. Can't judge your own. Is that no? It's not that. It's just they're he, not. They didn't have the authority. He, to they judge. didn't have the authority to. Oh, he was they top dog. Exactly. Yeah. They didn't have the authority to judge him or to investigate him because he was the top man. That's why they got a. That's why they had to bring in another, another, uh, like the highway patrol yeah. to to be able to investigate another policing. So with them saying that, that's the way. That's the way we thought. That was our mentality back before we had Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm top dog. Nobody can investigate me. Nobody can judge me. And I can do what I want. Yep. Nobody can do anything to me. But, man, is that a big smoke screen? Yeah. yeah, because if everybody's thinking the same thing, then you can be judged by anybody. Yeah. You know, if everybody has that mentality, like I'm the head dog in my house. Carl's the head dog in his house. You're the head dog in your house. And then I do something wrong, you know. Why would I listen? Oh yeah, that's what just it. You guys, and we didn't. And that, that's why. That's why we had so much conflict in our lives. Oh Don't, yeah. I mean, even though I had friends, acquaintances. That's what I call them. I used to call them friends, but they was just acquaintances back then. Now, now that I look back on it, um, even though I had them acquaintances that I called friends, man, 
would we get into some big scuffles over stuff that we didn't think was right that each other was doing or, you know, we didn't agree with each other on because everybody thought they was top dog. Everybody right. thought their way was the right way. And that's exactly what it is here in, in judges. Everybody thinks they're right. Everybody's way is the right way, but it's not. I'm thankful that God has changed my heart and my mind. I'm thankful for Jesus and the Holy, Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for it. Oh, absolutely. But that, but that being said, I'm still a screw up. Mm -hmm. Okay. I really am. Well, we have to remember it just because we, we have Jesus, we follow Jesus. Doesn't that doesn't make you perfect. It doesn't right. make you right. It doesn't make you any of those things. Cause you still have to work on it each and every day, every minute of every day, because it's like we talked, like you said earlier, it's about doing the right thing when nobody's looking, because you know, you're doing it for that audience of one that's always looking. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And again, it's not just for lip service or it's not just, it's not a, Hey, look at me. Look what I did. God, thanks. Patting yourself on the back, you know, yeah, nope. and stuff like that. It's, that's where it's where your heart's at and doing it for that right, pure reason. Yes. And your willingness to do right. Right. Yeah. It's not about being perfect in doing right. It's about your willingness to do right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the you big difference. Yeah. That, that, that uh, Oh yeah. Because I can, I can talk to somebody like I had that story at the DOR. The woman had me on a frenzy. And when I walked out of there, I said some things I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I got halfway home and I had to turn around and I had to go back yep. so I could apologize because it was eating me up yep. on the inside. And my my head was saying, just keep driving. Right. You'll get over it. Yeah. <laughs> but my heart said, turn your butt around, go back, suck yep. it up and say you're sorry. And like we talked about when you were talking about that scenario before, you wouldn't even had a second thought. You know, no, nobody would have even thought about yeah, turn around and do the right thing. Where I was going yeah. and what I you was doing been, when I was getting. Yeah. yeah, and you were just accountable to yourself. It was mm -hmm. so what? Yeah, you know. And now it's accountable to God, and no, that makes a difference. Yeah, and if it, it doesn't, stinks. yeah. <laughs> and if it doesn't, then you're not doing it right. Your heart's not in the right place. I'm going to tell a story that applies to this judge's paradigm and what, what we've all been talking about, but especially you, Bob, uh, that soccer tournament that my daughter had in St. Louis, I referenced on the round table, uh, didn't go too good. Let's put it that way. It was pretty rough. It was actually the first time the girls ever played 11 v 11. It was always nine V nine before then. So they needed some 11 v 11 experience on a bigger field. And man, it, it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, they were playing super sloppy, uh, they weren't applying the playbook. Um, they were playing more as individuals than as members of a team. Uh, mm -hmm. if, if I could define what they were really doing wrong on the field, that first game they played, it was ball chasing. Everybody was ball chasing. They weren't respecting the position that they were expected to play in, and, and they weren't respecting the coach's playbook. It, and that's just how they started the game. Yeah. Right. They were they were they were playing the game like they felt like they should as individuals be playing the game, not as a team and not in respect to the coach. And the more they started losing, the more it deteriorated. It, it deteriorated. The more it fell apart. At one point they even scored on their own goal. Like it was so bad at, at one point. Grace can be so mad if she listens to this. Yeah. But it's the truth. She did pretty good. But it's the it's the truth. And it was all because they didn't respect they didn't respect the rules of 11 v 11 and they didn't respect their coach's playbook and apply it. And that's what these people and judges were doing. And that's what we're doing in the churches. He gives us a playbook. He's our coach. Jesus is our coach, right? 
he gives us a playbook to, to, to play by, and the Father gives us rules for the game, and we're not respecting either. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going out on the field because we want to be the star. We want to make all the highlight reels. Every one of us wants to be the MVP. We don't respect the position we be, we've been put in. We don't respect the strategy that the coach has implemented. We don't respect the playbook, and we don't respect the rules, and then we look around, we wonder why we're losing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. I you say this as a as a sport thing there. Mm-hmm. In my senior year of high school, you know, we had a basketball team. Sure. And I was the point guard, and then you got your other four. I'd bring I'd bring the ball down and once I passed the ball, each individual on that team was for themselves. Yep. We were not a team at all. Because once I passed it away, I never saw it again. <laughs> because once somebody else got it, they thought it was all them. Yeah. I mean, it never, I mean, there was no team play. There was no nothing. You know, the coach was always yelling, you know. And we, like you said, Carl, <laughs> our record, we only won two games mm-hmm. because we couldn't get our act together. Yep. Well, that reminds me of a story of World War II. Sorry, but it does. If you don't mind, can we take a short break real quick before you do that? And then we'll come right back with your story. Sure. Yeah. So we're going to take a short Good break. Story. Yeah, We'll take a short break and we'll play this week's featured song, which is Fly Away by ASAP Preach and Mike Maranatha. Be sure to stick around. Catch in a few. Sometimes I want to fly away As I run through the cross in that quiet place I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose faith I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose faith I feel it tossed by the tidal waves You're with me, Lord, I won't be afraid I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose faith I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose faith If I lose it, then I'ma lose everything. So God, I will look to you. I'ma look to you when everything is far away. If I call upon your name, you gon' part the waves. Yeah, the winds and the waves try to shake me, but they will never break me, cause you will always make a way. I cannot deny that I was crucifying you. Devil is a liar, but I am just a liar too. And I can't make it on my own, so I'ma keep on praying till you come and take me home. Now I know that you're strong in my weakness. I was lost all alone, and I need this. I believe this. I receive this. All my, all my hope and faith is in Jesus. All my sin is erased to the fade in the way. Cause the faith that you gave, now I'm praising your name. Cause you're paving the way for the game to be changed. Your amazing grace got me filled with faith. Sometimes I wanna fly away. As I run to the cross in that quiet place. I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose faith. I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose faith. Tide away, tide away. Keep with me, Lord, I won't be afraid. I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose faith. I don't wanna lose faith. 
like I lost it. Like, did I drop this? Oh, I'm feeling like I stuck up in a coffin. Sick, got me feeling like I'm living in some toxic waste. I really feel like garbage. I was, I was sipping ground, now I started hitting loud. Trying to keep my head up, staying in the clouds. Look at they like they look blessed on me. Stress on As I fall on my knees, calling it please. I was lost in the sea. I was bubbled by the sink, then I felt the breeze. Calm in the sea, and I felt his grace falling all over me. Just call on when you're lost on the road. Go all in, let the spirit take control. Hold on to every single promise, and don't lose faith. You got this. Sometimes I wanna fly away. As I run to the cross in that quiet place. I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose faith. I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose faith. I feel it tossed by the tide away. Keep with me, Lord, I won't be afraid. I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose faith. I don't wanna, I don't wanna lose faith. right there it's right there mike I, you know i'm just gonna go with it and we're back again that was fly away by by asap preach and mike maranatha we're totally unprofessional here you had a story coffee mike well yeah i i i think you can see this paradigm in judges played out over and over in modern day lives and even in history the story i want to tell is about the b-17 bombing groups now for those i'm a historian that's what i am in the beginning B-17 was designed to fight on its own, okay? Because it was bristling with so many uh, machine guns, and if they flew in the proper formation, they put up more or less a steel wall. Well, they proved very quickly that <clears throat> that wasn't going to work. So they assigned, once the P-51 Mustang came along, long-range escort airplane, they were able to fly with the B-17 to and from the target. Losses began to drop, but... The fighter pilots began to go glory hunting, which goes along with your soccer story. Mm -hmm. the, the Germans figured out that if they fly into the, into, the, into the formation and draw the fighters away, they knew that the Americans were going to fly after them. And then a second group that was out of sight would swoop in and take out the bombers. So again, it shows when you're not following the rules, because they were told to stay with the bombers, they didn't. When you're not following the rules, you're e you're an easy target. That's where that's where the story's going. It's talking about being an easy target 
to the enemy because we're not following the rules completely. That's the only reason I wanted to tell the story. Yeah. Like the umbrella. Yeah. You know, the, the, the wolves are outside at the fringes of the camp. You know what I mean? The wolves are always at the fringes. And the only place you're truly safe is right next to the shepherd. Mm-hmm. And the more you drift away from the shepherd, the closer you get to the wolves. And then you wonder why the wolves are biting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, you, you've got to stay walking with the shepherd. Yeah. You know, it was really cool go, like going back to that. They, that tournament was three games uh, over the weekend. The second game was like night and day to that first. You know, like the, the girls, they, they were a lot more cohesive, seemed like they got the lesson. You know what I mean? Like they were they were playing according to the rules. They were applying the playbook. They weren't ball chasing as much. They were doing really, really good. Here's another spiritual lesson, though. You know what the score was in the first game? Mm-mm. Zero to three, they lost. You know what the score was in the second game when it was night and day against a worse team that they played so much better against? Zero to four, they lost. Still lost the game and lost worse. And I think that's another thing we need to remember. This is the difference in the analogy. No analogy is perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. The enemy controls your opposition. He controls the other team. The enemy controls the other coach. The enemy controls the parents and the sidelines, ruining the experience for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the enemy also that's another podcast. That's another podcast. I'm sorry. The enemy also controls the officiating. Mm. And the enemy is going to officiate the game dirty. And they did. The officials there were dirty. Like uh-huh. the way they were, the way they were officiating for their home St. Louis teams was filthy. Uh-huh. You know, that's, that's the field of battle that we're on. Mm-hmm. The enemy controls that stuff. The difference is we have an eternal father that at the end of the game, he's going to declare us the winner anyway. That's right. As long as we play by the rules, mm-hmm. he's going to declare us the winner. It's going to seem like we're losing. Very often it's going to seem like we're losing, but he still expects us to play according to the rules, to play fair not act like the enemy and to apply his playbook okay i got a question when when and this may be off and i don't know when you said the officiating was was terrible Mm -hmm. okay how do i say this was it only terrible because of the way you were seeing it because obviously on the other side they probably thought it was following the rules. So who's the one judging here? The one that thinks they're getting no calls or the ones that think they're getting all the calls? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer this. Okay. Uh, am I am I is the question like off? No, not because really. I'm no. not trying to get the other no. side of it. Like, you know, Carl was like, no. you know The thing is 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 it's like us living in the world. You know, when God when God told the devil that he had to leave heaven, he, he kicked him down to the earth. He says, you can rule over that. So the devil's got home. He's got home team advantage. You, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's got the home team advantage. Just like them, them kids in St. Louis had the home team advantage. The enemy's got so many people working for him, just like... Them teams had them officiators working for them, and they're going to – it may look like they're doing their job right, but when you're outside looking in, you can see the mistakes and uh, the little Indian windows and, and the way they're officiating is actually for the, the home team. Same difference. The enemy's got the home team advantage here. 
we got to play and we got to be in this world. But sometimes we don't got to play by his rules. Hmm. See what I'm saying? We don't got to play by them rules because our heavenly father has a whole total different set of rules for us. And them are the rules we play by for him, which supersedes the rules of this world. And that's why I'm sorry. I must. I know know what you're saying. On the rule side is what I'm really getting at. It's like, you know, like I got an aunt and uncle. They're Chiefs fans. If the Chiefs lose, it's the rest fault. Every time. Every time. Don't matter. So it's like, okay, so are you watching the game by your rules? Are you watching the game by the actual game rule. So you're asking me personally as far as like my actual experience there at that. No, I'm just asking the whole question in general. I mean, when okay. you're looking from the outside in on something like that, you know. Everybody's going to have a different perspective of it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of like that I'm the king of the castle thing. This is my team. Mm-hmm. And of course, and you're going to. I'm looking in. Well, that was a bad call. Right. Yeah. Of course, you're going to oh. want to see your kids win. Right. Right. You know, that's just that's just human nature. And that's just the competitive, the competitiveness in us. And I'm not trying to take up for the. But no, know, the thing is, is I've seen, I've seen home team officiants not call the exact same calls they're calling on the other team. And that's what was happening and here. I, it was, it was because I'll be, I'll be honest with you, bro. Like. I was noticing things, but I was kind of holding back because I know I kind of have a propensity to see things a little one-sided, especially when it's my kid. But mm-hmm. like other people, team. other people that don't have their propensity, they were seeing the same thing. They were like, man, it was ridiculous. They were calling stuff we didn't do. Right. They were they, like, there was one point where their team, like their girl, like one of our girls was, was, was dribbling the ball. And one of theirs literally dove right in front of her path to wipe her feet out from under her, which is a obvious easy call right nothing nothing mm-hmm. nothing like they could literally do anything they probably could have roundhouse kicked one of our girls out there and barely got a call right it was wild just just as far as like my personal experience on that it was a great family day it all, oh, it, was goes, it all goes back to who's got the home team bandage i mean for and that was my spiritual exactly point. what it goes back well like i said uh, that was a little off i guess course yeah, not because, really well like i said my my aunt and uncle diehard Chiefs fans, but when the Chiefs play at home, that's their home field guys. Yep. And if they lose at home, who's the one doing the judging here? Well, and I think that's a good side side note to have that it's really important not to allow your own personal bias to lead you to disparage someone else's character. Right. So you know, and I'll, I'll be honest, like I've gotten to a point where I don't even really like sports anymore because it just leads people to treat each other like garbage. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the, the parents say things they shouldn't say, treat each other in ways they shouldn't treat them. The coaches act awful. You know, it, it leads, it trains the girl or the the kids, not just girls, but girls and boys up to to act in ways they shouldn't. Sports is being used. It it used to be something to be to build like a team mentality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And to, to, to build discipline. But now it feels like it's, it's being more used to just win at any cost. It doesn't matter how you win. It yep. doesn't matter who you have to step on. It doesn't matter how you have, how you have to treat them as long as you win. And I hate that. Yeah. I hate it. Well, and I know that, you know, because of that, there's, uh, there's like a national shortage of people willing to volunteer to do any type of umpiring. 
Yeah. You know, and yeah. so I wouldn't want to do it. Why would you want to? I mean, right. if you're going to, if you're, if all they're going to do is bash you and not respect what you say or respect the way you did. Yeah. And they especially if rules. you're doing it, if, yeah. especially if they you're doing it rules. straight down the middle. Yeah. You know, and there's still people that's going to be like, you didn't do that right. You didn't call that right. I, you right. know, yet and again, still human. I seen it you're so human. much. Yeah. You're I human. seen it so much when I was playing softball. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, the team I played for, <laughs> them guys were, they, they weren't. Uh, Been there. <laughs> I know exactly. they were not they were not the uh they were not the uh i guess you could call them uh quiet yeah quiet <laughs> they were very loud and very, very verbal verbal yes <laughs> you know and, and every time every time every time it seemed like that any play that was done there was something to I, I was a catcher so I, I got to see the whole i got to see the play i got to see the whole playing field you know what i'm saying and didn't matter you know you could clearly see that that guy beat the ball to first base before that first baseman caught the ball. And they would be like, oh, that up didn't call that right. Oh, he was out. He was out. They always wanted to fight it every time. They wanted to fight a call like that. I mean, you know, I could clearly, I was sitting there watching. I could clearly see everything. I could see everything I'm up seeing, you know. Uh, and it, it, <laughs> It was just, it was stupid thinking back on it mm-hmm. the way they the way they treated them people you know yeah I always I always give them umps kudos because you know they were they were trying to call it right follow the rules follow the rules but yet man everybody was on them mm-hmm. all the time I actually had to explain that to Grace a few games back in one of her one of her tournament games that she had not this tournament a different one but they got a call against them that wasn't good. And, and she was mad because she's on the field, and sh- from her angle, she can see that one of the opposition players took a dive because it's soccer. That's what you do. You take dives when nothing happened to you. Sorry. Yes. No, that's fine. <laughs> so I like LeBron James. They oh, yeah. do it worse than wrestling, man. <laughs> oh, man, speaking of that, like, I, I know this is a squirrel, but I watched a video one time of a professional soccer player got flicked in the ear, and he grabbed his head and rolled around on the ground to draw a call. Yeah. Uh, yep. If that doesn't yep. just if that doesn't define soccer, I don't know what does. But anyway, Grace can see clearly from her angle that this girl took a dive, and the official called. He called it against Grace's team, mm-hmm. and she was so mad about that. And like, but you have to understand the perspective here. Mm-hmm. From your angle on the field, you can clearly see a gap between the two players. So you can tell there was no trip involved. From his angle, he's on the other end of the field, right? At the other angle, diagonal from you, he doesn't see a gap between players. What he sees are two bodies overlaid, and one girl fall, and it looks like their feet got tangled up. You can see from your perspective that there was a gap between them, so it wasn't a trip; it was a dive. He can't see that from his angle. He has to call what he sees. But this is the problem, though, and this is what happens when we allow this 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 judge's paradigm to enter into our heart. Where we just do whatever feels right. It bleeds out in our behavior. Yeah. And it bleeds out in the way we treat those around us. And that's why that's why God cautions us to guard against that. His his rules, you know, Ronnie's talked about guard tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the thing that's is- that's what God's rules are. They're guard tape to keep us safe. It's it, it it's a boundary to keep us from developing a behavioral trait that becomes ugly and hideous and hurts the people around us. That's why Not it's so only important. Hurts the people around us. We also blame the officiant for allowing that call to be made, right. which the officiant is God. And we blame him for a lot of things mm-hmm. that we bring on ourselves. Self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. Yeah. But yet, like, nope, 
I'm blaming God for that. He he could have fixed that. He could have done this, or he could have done that. Right. Yeah. Or he why could, did or he why fix didn't right. he fix that? He could have made it not happen. That. He could have intervened. He but the thing fixed. is, is you know, we got to understand he's sovereign. Right. He he's just he's everything. He allows mm-hmm. he allows things to happen for our correction yep. and direction. Yeah. So I mean. You know, we just got to, we and just got to. the hard rules. And never the hard rules. That's right. Yeah. And we got to remember that he's the one that we should be loving first and exactly. most. Exactly. And if we would love him first and most, we, we wouldn't be disrespecting his expectations. We wouldn't be falling outside of those guardrails and we wouldn't be treating each other like garbage. Exactly. So on that note, I think let's, let's, let's go ahead and pull the needle off the record. Final thoughts. Mm. Yeah. We got to live our lives remembering he's the only one that's always looking i mean nobody else and as much as he's looking he's still in in knowing already what we're going to do every mistake every bad thing every bad thought every bad word everything he still loves us and he's still there for us just to embrace us with open arms but we also got to learn or know that uh how am i saying this um that that's not that get out of free card i mean don't don't do it and abuse it just because you think you can or you know you can because he has all that grace you know there's got to be some accountability on your own side here so well for me listen to all the conversation it's seek god first that's what I'm hearing over. I mean, that's the underlying tone to this entire conversation for me. I think seek God first, seek his will and do what you should do. Be obey the rules like them or not, you know, try to anyway, try to. Yeah. You're not strive, strive. Mm -hmm. That's a better term, Carl strive because we are all broken. We all have our problems. We all have character flaws. Yeah, I think it says somewhere in there, we all fall short. We all fall (laughs) short. It's in there somewhere. It's in there. Romans 3.23. That's it. That's right. You know, and assist. are, Are we really living our lives the way Jesus wants us to live our lives? That we're commanded to live our lives. Because it's not a choose A or B. It's here it is. You need to do this. There's not, well, I'll do this, but not this, that, or the other. And it goes back to Carl's comment about all the denominations within the church. Can you think how mighty of a force Christians could be in this world if we could unite? And really, it's all just man-made stuff that we're arguing over. It has nothing to do with what God really wants us to do. It's the way we want to live our lives. So we need to submit and surrender fully. And that's and that's a process, I think. I think you can do it, but I think it takes time to learn God's character and to submit fully to his sovereignty. That's that's where I'm gonna leave it. You say that and I, I got into it with my mom not too long ago. She came to Redeemer Church one day, just one time. And she hasn't been back. She's that diehard Baptist, you know. And 
was like, Mom, we're all we're all supposed to be in the same boat here. We shouldn't have like different ships trying to go to the same place where y'all should be together in this. I mean, whether we're non-denominational or, or Catholic or Baptist or whatever, you know, we're all serving the same God here. Why is the rules got to be different? Sorry, Mike, uh, go ahead. Oh, uh, Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't use Catholics. But <laughs> same thing. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, one God, right? Right. Why do we have to separate ourselves? Yep. I think it's because people want to do what they want to do. And that, and I agree. I agree. I think that's the whole reason why the separation is there. Yep. Yep. Every denomination, not every denomination, but so many denominations just have different commandments they don't like. And they read the Bible. And they're, Cherry pick. Yes, they read the Bible and they define it differently than some other people yep and and it helps them uh, their accountability towards what they're doing just it's just right just justifies yeah. them their, their motives yeah. it justifies them in their own mind yeah exactly right. that's what i'm talking about yeah. i've 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 thought for a while obviously satan's number one objective would get would, would be to get you to deny jesus altogether mm -hmm. if he can't do that secondarily is to get you to believe in a version of Jesus that never existed. That's it. And I, I think he's doing a frighteningly good job at that well, within yeah. the churches. The vision yeah. of uh, uh, church and state. <laughs> I mean, schools. Yeah. yeah. Taking it out of everywhere that it probably should be. Yeah. yeah. Which is everywhere, by the way. Mm-hmm. Most certainly is. By you, Bob? Ah, uh, I just say, you know... You know, we've been talking about we've been talking about this soccer and and team players, and you know, don't treat God like an officiant because He's actually our coach. Mm -hmm. You got to pay attention to what the coach says. You got to go by His playbook, His plans. And once we start and realize that His plans and His playbook are for us to help us navigate through all these plays, the better off we'll be. Mm -hmm. He made the game, so he knows the rules. That's right. Yep. I just got going with that sports analogy. I guess got to add on the, uh, think of the sign-on bonus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> think of that. Now, I think sometimes we have a misguided idea about the Pharisees. I think we have this idea that the Pharisees were perfectly obeying the law, and that's what Jesus was angry with them for. It's too often how it's preached, and it kind of goes back to that, not liking his commandments. We kind of manipulate what the text actually says and change history. But in Mark chapter 7, when Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees in verse 9, he says this, You are experts at setting aside the commandments of God in order to keep your tradition. Mm -hmm. What Jesus was actually rebuking the Pharisees for was that they were disobeying the law every time their tradition disagreed with it. Mm -hmm. And if we were being honest with ourselves, that's exactly what we're doing today. That's why we have 45,000 worldwide denominations, because we are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in favor of our own tradition.
Yep. Jordan Peterson, he's doing a, a project for the Daily Wire where he's going through books of the Bible. I think he just went through Exodus. And I haven't watched it, so I'm, I'm not giving a review here, but I saw this like joke beam. I think it was from the Babylon Bee. And the, the headline on it basically said that Jordan Peterson finds a thousand different ways to interpret the book of Exodus, except just believing what it plainly says. Hmm. I think that's very often how we handle the biblical text. Yeah. We'll find every, when we come to something that we don't really like, we will bend over backwards to twist it into the, into an absolute pretzel to try to make it mean something other than what it says. And if you don't understand it, and if you I don't, think, because mm-hmm. if you, if you don't understand it and there's nobody there to help you understand it, sometimes you just make it up mm-hmm. that way. There's that danger. Yeah. You know, because if you're lost, like myself, I could read something and not understand it. So I just, I, I'll put something in my head to make it, you know, before, make it sound like it's right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now if I have that misunderstanding, I, I'll reach out and say, hey, what's this mean? And that's why good, solid community where you can sharpen one another is so important. So you can read it as equals and, mm-hmm. and be like, let's dig into this. Let's figure out what God's saying. Let's let's look at the before and after that verse. Let's look at the surrounding context. Let's see what he's actually saying to us there. Rather than approaching it like, this is what I wanted to say. This is how I want it to justify my own personal way. So I'm going to twist it to say what I want it to say. Right. Too often, that's what we do, and we've got to get past that. I think I've walked on both sides of, of what some would call the Torah divide, um, the, the extreme side on, on, the, on the left that, that treats it like it's all, it's all law, all truth, and no grace at all, none at all. You stumble and you're done. But then there's that opposite side that acts like grace is the antithesis of, of his commandments or his expectations or his truth, and that's not accurate. We see that in the book of Judges. Grace worked alongside his holiness and his truth. It didn't work at odds with it. Wasn't, it wasn't the antithesis. We've got to get back to the mentality that his grace and his truth coexist. You know, Jesus is the king of mercy and the king of truth. That's what he is. Those two things coexist together. His law shows us how desperately we need his grace desperately because there is nothing we can do to earn our way. We will never be perfect enough to enter into heaven by our own efforts. But once we receive his grace, it should lead us on the path of striving to do what pleases him, not using his grace as an excuse to do the things that caused us to need it to begin with. We've got to start respecting the position he puts us in on the field. We've got to start respecting him as a coach. We've got to start respecting his playbook. We've got to start playing together as a team. Amen to that. That's all I got. You want to give us a silent prayer, Ron? Can I tag somebody in? Yeah, you can do that. Thanks. <laughs> Bob, it is. I, that's something I have to work on. I can, man, sorry. I can do the prayer on my own, but... And I can send it out in a text, but to do it, okay. I, I'm not comfortable yet. Well, here we go. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Father, I'm I'm doing this for Ron tonight, Father. He just uh, tagged me in. <laughs> but Father, we just, uh, I just ask, Father, that you just be with all of us, Father, and just 
just allow us to have the understanding that, Father, we know that this is a uneven playing field that we're in right now. And Father, we know that uh, we know that uh, you're our coach. We understand that it's your plays that we need to do. It's 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 your will that we need to do it. We need to follow what you want us to do, Father. We just need to focus on you, focus on your word. And Father, I just uh, I just ask that uh, we can go out and just shine our shine your light through us into somebody else's dark world. Father, we thank you for all you do. Father, I just give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And that is the end of the record. Yeah.